0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. All right, let's go. to Numbers 20, verse 1, NIV. Numbers 20, verse 1, NIV. <coughs> I got four little points, Jordan. Is that okay? Okay. Got to check in with Jordan. Jordan sometimes gets... Numbers 20, verse 1 of NIV. (coughs) Shout, you got it when you get there. Ooh, look at y'all. I like that. Okay, let's read. In the first month... The whole, excuse me, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zen. <clears throat> excuse me, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now, there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of the meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. <clears throat> so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. And he, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. Let me shout amen. <clears throat> now, to me, and we read that together intentionally, I I, I I guess I quarreled in my mind if I should read all of this for you or should we just go through it. But I wanted you to get to the narrative in its fullness um, so that you could understand it from beginning to end. Because for me, um, that is one of the most tragic stories in all of Scripture. Excuse me. Um, Moses, without question, was God's man. He was a chosen leader um, to deliver them out of Egypt and to bring them into the land and life that God had promised to them. Um, And and just before the promise was realized, things um, went terribly wrong. Would you agree? Um, The Israelites were in their final year of a 40 year consignment to the wilderness Um, And just as they are standing on the cusp of what God had promised them, um, Moses is blinded by his anger and everything falls apart. Moses loses a 40-year investment for four seconds of anger. A 40-year investment he lost for four seconds of anger. When I read this narrative, y'all, it, it, it messed me up. And, and I said to myself, this is what we're going to do on Sunday. We're going to do a bit of a case study. B- because I needed to understand in my mind what went wrong for Moses to give up a 40-year investment for four seconds. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you four points. This is all preachers of 40-year investment, four seconds, four points. I got to just say it so you get it, right? Um, We've got four little points that we're going to do a bit of a a case study to see how this thing went so wrong so fast. You ready? Let's go to verse one. In the first month, The whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grains or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water. To drink. Write this first point down. Uh, It is the phrase untimely events. Say that with me. Untimely events. Now, we've read this a couple times already, and I wanted to make sure that you understood the premise of their complaint. If you read the narrative, the premise of their complaint was that they had no water. Um, And this issue of water, or better put, this issue of them being thirsty, was nothing new for them. From the moment they were delivered out of Egypt, water was always an issue. They were always thirsty. They would always get upset with Moses, and they would go blame Moses because they had no water. And Moses, you need to go to God and tell him we need more water. And it was, water was just a byproduct of being out in the wilderness. This was, this was nothing new. And... Every time that they got upset with Moses, as as he should do, Moses went to God, and in God fashion, God would tell Moses what to do, and he would give them water. It was a formality of just simply being in the position of blessing that they had been in. So if this was nothing new, this is my mind, we're going to work through this together. So if this was nothing new, why did Moses lose it on these people who were being who they had always been? What was new in the situation for, for, for him that made him just go off and lose 40-year investment of, for, for, for four seconds of anger? What was new? And I kept reading the text, and I, I found it in verse 1. Look at this. It says there that there Miriam died and was buried. Now, now if you don't know, maybe you haven't studied this part of the, the Bible, but, but Miriam was Moses' older sister. She was one of three siblings. And, 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 and Miriam had been with Moses the entire time that he was in ministry, and Miriam was holding Moses up. She always supported him. She was there for him. She always had his back. He and Her and Aaron, she was there, and all of a sudden she, she dies just before they get the promise. Oh, so now, before Moses could catch his breath, and get his feet back up under him to deal with his, of dealing with his sister's death, here come these thirsty people again, complaining about what they don't have. Oh my God, it was just an untimely event because Moses was still trying to figure out how I'm a vet through this thing with my sister because I miss my sister, we just buried her. All she got was a few words and the whole story. She was kind of an honorable mention and here you go again complaining about this water and today is just not the day, y'all. Today, I'm just not in the mood for it. You keep pushing me, you pushing me. Why are you so thirsty? uh, Listen, I'm tired today. And the problem was, Moses was tired, and he still had to deal with these thirsty people. How many times have you lost it because you were tired? Oh, they are who they are. (laughs) They proved that to you 15 years ago. You know who they are, but today I'm just tired. But here's the power in this, y'all. When you get through the narrative, and we already know this, it's kind of a spoiler alert. God doesn't give him any mercy because he was tired. Y'all didn't hear that. That hit me. You see, I trusted you with these thirsty people. You see, the people that you have in your life, God has placed them there, and he trusted you with them. So it doesn't matter that you're tired. You still have an obligation for the people that I've placed in your life. You better stand up on your feet and get this job done because I placed them there, and I don't care if you're tired. Normally, I wouldn't go off like this. I just wouldn't go off like this. I just, but but, but I, I was dealing with something. I had something on my mind. And I know that, that listen, I know that, that, that God has placed me there to be the, the instrument to bless them, but I'm tired today. God says, I'm still holding you accountable for what I gave you. They still got to have a drink. Oh, gosh, so they still got to have a drink. And I placed you, to, to, to placed you there to be the person, to be the blessing that they needed. Moses misses his blessing he got tired. No, y'all, he, did, he missed everything because he got tired. You, oh, you ever notice how reckless you can get when you get tired? I mean, this is not my normal disposition. This is not normally how I am, but you just caught me at a bad time. The kids get it when you're tired. The spouse gets it when you're tired. Listen, I, I, I already don't like my boss, but today, boss, I'm tired. I had a lot going on at home. And listen to me, y'all. God does not show him mercy because he had gotten tired. God understood that his so- he had lost his sister, and he felt for him. But you have a job to do. You have an obligation to me because I placed those people there in your life to be the conduit of the blessing that I want to get to them. And what's funny, oh gosh, y'all, this is what's funny is that we serve a God who doesn't slumber nor sleep. Tired don't translate with him. <laughs> tired don't translate with God. Tired? What is that? <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. We cannot waste our investment. And this is where I'm going. We cannot waste the investment that we've made because we got tired. I'm, I'm pushing to the end of the story, but it, it is as if Moses had not had not led these people for forty years because he never he never gained the promise. It is as if his forty years never happened. It scared me, y'all. Seriously, it scared me when I read this because I don't want to lose what God has for me. Because you. If I'm going to be tired, I'm going to be tired by myself. I'm going to go home and be tired, and I'm going to just fall out. But I can't, listen to me, I can't allow my anger to rev up in me because I'm tired. Yes? Let's push. Let's go to verse 6. Y'all getting any of this? Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of the meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. i read it again. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their li- livestock can drink. Point number two, write this down: Unyielded engagements. <clears throat> unyielded engagements. it'll be unyielded, unyielded. engagements. Now, if you know anything about Moses, um, Moses had a relationship with God like no other human. Um, Moses was able to speak and engage with God in a very similar fashion that you and I are sitting here today and talking. It is almost as if Moses talked to God face to face. He would go see God. He didn't see God, but he's, you know, he would go into God's presence, and he would get an audible response in the presence of God. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a very unique thing. I mean, j- just imagine now, just, just imagine if you could get into the presence of God and get an audible response. Like, I don't have to wonder about your will, God, anymore. I can just do it. Like, God, what you want me to do? Go over there. Great, God, I got it. God, should I talk to them? Yes, you should talk to them. You need to be nice today. I got it, God. Like how easier would life, how much easier life would be? Y'all fell into that trap really good. It wouldn't be any easier. Watch this now. Moses knew the place. He knew the posture. But he forgot to be present. Watch this now. If you go back to Exodus chapter 34, you will find that Moses, when he initially got the call and he could get into the presence of God, he would spend so much time in the presence of God and be so changed from the inside out that when he came from God's presence, you could look at him and tell tell that he was with God. People couldn't even look at him because he was glowing, so he had such glory on him. After being in the presence of God, he was being changed by God. But somehow, some way, he built up an immunity to the presence of God, and he could enter the presence of God and exit the presence of God and still be the same. Listen, I'm going to tell you why. This is the key, though, because Moses, just like us, He had gotten so used to bringing the issues outside of him to the feet of God that he forgot to keep himself at the feet of God. You see, I I, got to deal with all these thirsty people in my life, so I'm always carrying stuff back to God, and here, God, you deal with it. And I got to, the kids are getting, here, God, you deal with it. And every time we do that, we walk in the presence of God and exit the presence of God, the same. Never changing. And I wonder, How many Sundays have you showed up here? And on Monday, you were just as bad as you were on Saturday. We can get so caught up with dealing with external issues that we forget the turmoil that's happening down on the inside of us. You see what what it should have been for Moses? God, I need a minute with you. God, I just need some time with you. I don't know how to process this thing with my sister. She's my first sibling to die, and I don't know how to process this. And these people, honestly, God, they're starting to get on my nerves, but God, fix me, position me so that I can receive from you. Pour into me, God, because I need something in this moment from you in order to be able to deal with these thirsty people. So, Lord, help me. But instead, he's just grabbing the issues and just bringing them to God's feet. And we want credit for bringing it to God's feet. Moses knew exactly where to go, he knew the perfect posture, and he still missed it. I get into these rants on Sundays, I like to call them rants. I'll get up here and I'll just start talking. But one of the things that I often talk about is worship. I'm not lying. Y'all hear me talk on a Sunday morning. <laughs> when you get into the presence of God, that is where your change is. When he allows his spirit to fall, gosh, when he allows his spirit to fall, and you can get into that presence, that is where changes as long as you're present for it. Moses had gotten so used to his, 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 God's, you know, his, his, his presence had become just a formality. It had just become something he'd become used to. It was just a thing that he did when he had to do it. And it's just like when we show up here on our own. we come to church because we have to go to church. I'm not going to speak for you. This is what you do. Get up this, we got to go to church. <laughs> You know, we need to go to church. But you left you at home. Yeah, physically you're here, but you left you at home. So you always try to figure out, why am I dealing with the same stuff I dealt with two weeks ago? Because you never brought it to the feet of God. Listen to me, I want you to picture this. Moses and Aaron was able to go to the feet of our father. Could you imagine that? We get, well, listen, we get a version of it. Oh, this was straight with no chaser. They got to go to the feet of our father, and they missed it. They got a, they had a verbal, audible voice from the Lord, and they still missed it. What I'm trying to get you to see is that your anger will run rampant in your life if you're not bringing your, your turmoil to God. Moses was bound up in himself, and he had no idea what to do. He never dealt with that kind of death before. I love my sister, and I don't know how to process it, God. They said something that hurt my feelings, Father, and I don't know how to process it. What do I need to do? But what we tend to do is we pray for them. Because that's the right thing to do. I'm supposed to pray. So let me pray for you, brother. Let me pray for you. And we never, we never bring ourselves to the feet of our Father. Okay. Let's get the next one. Y'all too quiet this morning. <coughs> Let's go back to verse 6. Moses and Aaron went from, went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of the meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. Go back. Start at verse 8. Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff, water gushed out, and the community, and their livestock drank. Point number three, unadvised speech. Say that with me, unadvised. Speech. Now, um, Moses and Aaron, uh, Moses and Aaron, someone's calling me on my phone. Um, Moses and Aaron go to God and they put the pressing issue at his feet as they should. Um, And in God-like fashion, um, God gives them the steps to fix it. Um, He says, take the staff, um, which is my provision. Staff belongs to me. You're going to take staff out of my presence. I want you to take your brother with you. I want you to gather all of the people together. And then once they get there, I want you to speak to the rock. And the rock is going to give to you what you need. And what stuck out to me, and I believe it's in verse 8, it says, you will bring water out of the rock. So they and their livestock can drink. And when God says that to him, um, Moses had a very simple instruction. He says, what I want you to do is speak to the rock. And once you speak to it, the thing that comes out of it is going to be what you need. It's going to give you what you need as long as you speak to it. So Moses, I want you to take this staff. The staff is just a representation of my power and and, and my provision. But I want you to take the staff and I want you to speak to the issue. So when Moses gets out there, he's still upset because he's been in the presence of God and he, you know, he didn't bring himself to God, so he comes out of the presence of God and he has the answer for the fix and all this stuff. But God says, I want you to speak to it. I don't want you to speak to them. You see, there's a big difference between speaking to it and speaking to them. Moses gets out there and he's supposed to speak to the issue and then he turns and says, you rebels. God put the provision in his mouth to fix the issue. God put deliverance in his mouth to fix the issue. But instead of speaking to the issue. You always do that. You just won't ever get it right. I had to get this off my chest and I got to tell you how I feel. Listen, God is saying, yes, I will give you what you need to fix the issue, but speak to the issue. Don't speak to them. And every time we open our mouth in anger, we can't help but to speak to them. Every time we open our mouth in anger, I can't help but to speak it to you. Because here's the thing, life isn't going to come out of that. When I speak to the issue, I can fix it. But when I speak to you, it's damaging. God gives him the exact recipe, y'all, to fix the issues that he's dealing with. And instead of following the the recipe, he he, he goes off script. He couldn't help himself. I I just got to say this. Have you ever said that? I just got to say this. I'm frustrated and I need to get it off my chest. I need to tell them how I feel about them. Moses, watch this y'all, Moses stands in front of God's people. This is the key here, y'all. It is God's people. They're not your people. I like to mess around and say that my kids belong to me. Sometimes I feel that way. (laughs) But those are God's kids. Tina Underwood, although she carries my last name, and I own her too. (laughs) Listen, even though she carries my last name, she don't belong to me. She belongs to God. And God says, you're not going to handle my people that way. You think you can fix them? No, I'm the fixer. I give you recipes and you follow them. I fix people. But no, God, I got to tell them how I feel today. I've been holding this back. Listen, y'all. He's standing before God's people, and God gave him the instruction he needed to give life to the people. But instead of speaking to the issue, he speaks to them. Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to address issues. I'm never saying that. But you got to speak to the issue. I'm doing good teaching right now. Speak to the issue. Because what happens? Of you know, we'll start we'll start talking about the issue. You know, I just don't like the way you talk to me, and I, you know, it made me feel some kind of way. This the and this and other, and you know, your your mother's ugly, and and and, and you ugly. I never liked your father. <laughs> like things like that will come out of us. Listen to me. When our anger is not addressed, because when we go into the presence of the Father and don't leave leave these things at His feet, we can't hold our anger back at times. We believe that we can. And God gives him the stage to be a blessing to a multitude of people, and he messes it up. He messes it up. There are so many memories I have of seeing family members just just, just fight it out. I'm talking about literal fights and breaking the family apart all because of anger. I had to say it to him. They needed it. And listen to me. You may have been right, but your method was wrong. God is saying, I'm giving you a method to fix this. I'm giving you the fix. Pick my method. If you do it, it'll work. But no, I got to do it my way, God. They got to hear this from me. Listen to me. uh, Wanzo, why have you been on anger for two weeks? Because I've watched anger destroy my own family. Not, th- not this one, not the one that I'm creating, but the one that I come out of. Brothers and sisters fighting, brothers and brothers fighting, never speaking again because of a fight. Okay. Y'all getting something? All right. Let's get this last point. Let's go to verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them Listen, you rebels. (laughs) Listen, you rebels. I don't know why that's funny to me. Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff, water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, pause right here for a second. I got a point to get to, and this is not my point, but I'm going to say this to you. Once we get through all of this, we already know that Moses does not make it into the promised land, right? 40-year investment, does not make it into the promised land. But his brother Aaron was with him. He didn't get in either. Y'all hear that? Like, girl, I know you might my ride or die, but you better tell me when I'm wrong. No, y'all, I need legit people around me. Like, yo, tell me when I'm not right. I remember asking Wisteria, this is a while. Wisteria tell me I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Am I wrong? With you? Yeah, Wandel, you wrong. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm wrong. Listen to me. Aaron lost his promise, too, because of what his brother did. Aaron, listen, go back and read it. Aaron said nothing the whole time. When he was in the presence of God, he said nothing. When he got in front of the people, Aaron said nothing. You're guilty by association. Let's go to verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Point number four, unworthy actions. Say that with me. Unworthy Unworthy. actions. Now, Moses takes um, God's provision staff, um, and misuses it in front of God's people to make a point. And instead of speaking to the rock, Moses turns and speaks to the people because he needed to get this frustration off of his chest. What I found interesting is that even though Moses was wrong in his action, it still worked the outcome was seemingly still the same. Right? I mean, God says, listen, get your brother, and and, and y'all go down to the people, and I want you to speak to the rock, water's going to come out. Well, Moses goes down there, he he gets his brother, gets to the people, and he turns to the people and starts speaking to them, and he strikes the rock, and water still comes out. And on the surface, everything seems fine. So Moses and Aaron finish, and and Moses and Aaron finish, and they get off stage, and they high-fiving each other. Bro, did you see how I addressed them, and I told them exactly what they needed to hear, and I told them what, and Aaron's like, yeah, bro, you told them. And then God says, listen, hold on a second, come here. He says, because you did not honor me with your actions in front of my people, you're not going to get the promise. This is what messed me up. Y'all read it for yourself. You should read it for yourself. He says that you're still going to do the work. You're just not going to get the promise. So in essence, oh gosh, I just messed up. In essence, what God was saying is that I'm going to strip you of the office and let you just be a worker. Watch this now, I got to go further, because the blessings of God, the promises of God, the benefits of God are tied to the office you hold, not the work that you do. So God says, listen, you're just going to work because I told you to, but I'm stripping you of my blessings and my promises because you dishonored me in front of my people. You didn't handle them right. Yeah, you got your point across, and yeah, you got what you wanted, and they got what they needed, but instead, you messed it up because I told you to do it a certain way and honor me, and you didn't do it. So now, you're just going to work. He vacated his own blessing. Can I ask you a question? How many promises of God have you abandoned because of your anger? How much have you just left unclaimed? Because you just had to say it. Enough is enough and I'm going to tell them what's on my mind. And God doesn't have a problem with you speaking to the issue. But you better not speak to my people like that. Can I, I don't care how old they are. I'm sitting here looking at Brennan. He's a baby, can hardly understand you, but God doesn't care how old they are. You handle my people with dignity and respect no matter what. I don't care what car they drive and they got in front of you and they cut you off. You handle my people with dignity and respect. He vacated his own, listen, 40 years of work down the drain. for four seconds, I just had to tell him how I felt. And the promise, oh gosh, the promise that he worked so hard for wasn't going to yield any fruit to him. Because, yeah, I got my point across. They hurt me this time and they might change, but you damaged something. in the spirit realm you broke something in the spirit realm they may be changed forever they may, they may never give you a problem again they may do it the way that you want them to do it but you just vacated your own blessing because you just had to say it I had to get this one off my chest Pastor Wanzo. you just don't know how they are You don't know how they act. I had to tell them. Okay. Here's what blew me away. God says that you're going to lead them there, but you're not going to experience it. And I don't, I'm, I'm to some degree selfish when it comes to my blessings. You mean to tell me somebody else is going to walk around in my blessing? Somebody else is going to bask in my promise, the one I invested 40 years for. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. Listen to me. It it is easy to see it when it's the Israelites and they're standing at the doorstep of the promised land and they don't have the guts to go in. That's easy to see. But Moses, the guy that led them there, now 40 years later, after experiencing that whole situation and understanding how wrong they were, he is now wrong because of his anger. And it's the same result. We're going to start talking about fear next week. They were fearful, but he was full of anger. And it was the same result. No promise. So I got a question for you. What is your relationship with anger? I want you to take two seconds and think, what is your relationship with anger? Has your anger pushed you to say things that you know you should not have said? I told you last week you need to ask for grace and hopefully God will allow those things to mend. But I don't know if that changed you. I don't know if that changed your mindset. I'm asking you now, what is your relationship with anger? Because anger is destructive. And listen to me, y'all. It not only destroys things in the earthly realm, but it destroys things in the spiritual realm. We never think that far. We we are so nearsighted when it comes to things. We're so nearsighted. But listen to me. Moses could have never thought for one second that this is going to mess me up in the spirit realm. This is going to mess me up. But God, I would have never thought that. I was just telling them what was true. Let's just be honest. They were thirsty. Isn't it true? You read it. They were thirsty. And they were aggravated. Oh, Moses, we're going to die. No, you're not going to die. Could you just stop? Moses was right. But at the same time, he was wrong. Amen. 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 It's all about the method. God doesn't care about you speaking to an issue. Speak to it. But speak to the issue. You don't got to tell them about their self, you don't have to say you always. I'm just saying. God has given us a savior, a high priest who desires to be Lord over our lives. His name is Jesus. And I told you several weeks ago that he wants to boss the thing that's been bossing you. You you know, anger is like 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 a rash. You know, it's not always there. It flares up every now and again. Yeah. It's not always there. But when you think about it, when you think about it for Moses, you remember when Moses was in Egypt and he, he had yet to, you know, take on this calling for his life. And he was still an Egyptian to some degree. And he sees his people being oppressed. He didn't like the way they were handling. He kills an Egyptian. In his anger, he kills this was This was 80 years ago. But because his anger was never addressed, it just laid silent for 80 years. And the moment he was one step away from God's promise.